HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Mood Magazine, a new international quarterly publication about music and food. For more information, visit moodmusicfood.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with another host. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to let you intro yourself. You must have a lead, a natural thing that you do at the beginning of each segment. I just say, let's eat delicious food. <laughs> um, I'm Katie Quinn. I'm a video journalist for Now This News, and um, I host things, especially involving eating delicious things. And Thanksgiving being one of them right. coming soon. But th- this is funny. It's come full circle, as I was just joking before. Um, Katie interviewed me, what, how many years ago now? Probably four. At Serious Eats. And I just reread it this morning, and I have a couple. Uh, Do you have tweaks? <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, not tweaks. I have projections and promises that I now have to fulfill. So I put them on my 2014 must-do list. All right. I'm glad I'm still um, uh, keeping you on your toes. Yeah, definitely lit a fire underneath my <laughs> ass this morning. But I'm, I'm going to do those. I'm going to prove myself right. Um, what are they? Uh, I want to try to open a restaurant in the next couple of years. All right. But that's for another show. You know what's funny is that uh, I considered rereading that article before today and then was like, you know, I, I can't I can't bring myself to <laughs> look back at things that I did, you know, four or five years ago because I usually can't get through them without oh, cringing. No, you have to. You, you got to see that progression. But there that's are true. certain consistencies. Um, and thankfully, I have some continuity in my life um, <laughs> that that proved to be true. So I, I was happy for that. But enough about me. We're on to you this time. Yeah. This, this is your form. <laughs> so, uh, Katie, you're, we were talking about the Midwest. Tell me about your upbringing there in relation to food. So I'm from Athens, Ohio. It's a small little college town. It's where Ohio University is. And kind of the best way I describe it is that it's like this little 
hippie enclave in the middle of a kind of purple state. So it's like the bluest of blue little county. And, um, and there was a lot of culture because it's where it was this college town. So I grew up having like the international food fair every summer was like the thing I looked forward to because our downtown block was just like filled with international students bringing their own cuisine. So growing up, I was actually I was I saw a lot and I tasted a lot, even though I was born and raised in this small ass little Ohio well, town. I mean, walk me down that street. What what heritages, what cultures were being served? Oh man, what comes to mind right away is Indian, Chinese. We had noodles. We had the the lamb on sticks that were just like in the heat of the summer, just on the grill there. And um, you know, now even it's the kind of thing where. I would still eat it and love it, but I might go, all right, how long has this meat been sitting <laughs> in the sun? The summer does delusional things to, to your appetite sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, bibimbap and just, like, you know, we had a lot of, there were a lot of, um, like, Asian students who would come to go to grad school at OU, and they would just, you know, bring their kimchi, and I, and then that also spilled into, like, our, our babysitters. I have an older brother, and um, our babysitters, like, Kimia from South Korea was my favorite babysitter. And, um, you know, Anju and, like, all of these all of these babysitters, and they would make us their food. And so um, I remember going to elementary school and bringing seaweed with me, and I loved it. And people were like, what are you eating? I was like, it's seaweed. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even want to trade it for people's ho-hos. No, I, I had a babysitter, too, uh, who, who lives in Crown Heights, and um, she's from St. Vincent, I believe, Caribbean, and we went to one of her son's um, weddings, and they served, like, stewed goat and rum baba cake. Oh. And, you know, as, I don't know, maybe I was, like, eight or ten, I could have, like, pushed that away. It was so good. Right. And then, you know, I come back, and my favorite parade in New York is uh, the, the the West Indy Day Parade on Eastern Parkway. Oh, yeah. And it just harkens back to that it's just kind of an amazing recall but it can come from anywhere from you know a street fair to a babysitter which is kind of amazing but was food a summer fling for you was it was it just you know one of those things where you walked down the street tried everything and then you know forgot about it for the rest of the year yeah actually it was i mean except for you know the the seaweed it, it with my lunches i guess but um i really fell in love with food and the culture of food when I moved to New York after college. Um, it was like, it. I was just infatuated and my eyes were just blown open by the scene here, just the culture and, you know, going out to Flushing. And I remember like, I would, like in my first year, I would read about all these places and I would like drag friends with me out to Staten Island to go to this like random like poo poo platter place. <laughs> you say Staten Island like it's so like far I away, <laughs> but truthfully, I've lived here for over a decade, um, and I've never been on foot in Staten. Island. I've taken the ferry. You take the ferry, have the beer, yeah, yeah. and then get off and right back on. Yeah, I do, th- I do three cycles during right. my birthday, and but I never step foot on. Right, Staten well, Island. that ferry ride's a good one, but yeah, no, it it actually is for someone living on on. Manhattan or in Bro- I live in Brooklyn. It's like, yeah, why would I go to Staten Island? Well, because they have really great 
ethnic food. And so I would, I realized that it was something that possibly I like more than other people when I was like dragging friends with me who were happy to go to, you know, McDonald's or something. I would be like, come on, don't you want to, don't you want to try this? And be like, okay, Katie. So you were an NBA page. Um, NBC. NBC. But I wish I worked for the NBA. <laughs> that would be awesome. You're tall enough. Right? At one time, I thought I would be the first NBA female player. This was before the WNBA. Anyway, yes, I, wor- I worked <laughs> as an NBC page. And, you know, uh, I think because of like 30 Rock and, you know, certain shows that has been shown in a completely different light, but uh, uh, craft services. I mean, let's let's talk about what food is served at NBC. Oh, my God. You know, Michael, you really just hit a nostalgic point for me because um, I am all too familiar with the craft services because all pages are because pages are paid next to nothing to basically work at least six days a week, like random crazy hours. We're just the guinea pigs, basically, of NBC. And so we are also the vultures. Like any time <laughs> a conference room was freed up from the meeting and whatever food was there was just picked at, pages would descend. Like, And literally one person would find out and send out an email to all the other pages like, yo, uh, conference room on the third floor has some bagels and some cream cheese left and like <laughs> everyone would just go running so uh, a lot of uh you know breakfast fare the bagels the cream cheese the grapes strawberries a lot of sandwiches those are my recollection of the nbc conference room that, guest that doesn't seem as exploratory as as you were with ec- ethnic cuisine and- you know when you're making ten dollars an hour and living in New York City, you kind of have to take what you can get. Yeah, and then go to Salon for the poo poo platter. Yeah. with your extra two dollars. So you know, NBC, you obviously wanted to work in some kind of media. Was there an intention there? Were you trying to be on air, trying to interview? So I had zero idea what I wanted to do in my life, and I knew that the page program was an awesome thing. I knew that. At its heart, it was exploratory so that I could go and kind of dip my foot in a bunch of things. And and that's exactly what I did. And through those different things, through working on the 2008 presidential campaign, through working at Saturday Night Live, through working at the Today Show, I was able to kind of narrow it down and say like, oh, these are the things I like about this. These are the things I don't like about this. And then kind of like stumbled my way into what i'm doing now well let's stumble your way to backstage at the today show yeah you 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 got to interview some pretty uh important people let's, <laughs> let's talk about that let's talk about it that that was that was the coolest that was the coolest because um well some of the cool people are well you just brought up 30 rock like tina fey mm-hmm. i when you're such a big fan of someone's and then you get to interview them as you have done um, and you have an exciting show coming up that I'm really excited to hear. Um, anyway, who, yeah. So, uh, so it's, yeah, it's just awesome when you get to interview someone who you really look up to. Um, but that totally goes for the chefs. Like, and this was right around, you know, this was a, a little after the time that I really became invested in the food scene here and had written for serious seats. And then Thomas Keller's in the kitchen at the Today Show. Mario Batali, Tom Colicchio, Danu Baloud, Ina Garden, April Bloomfield. And I get to interview, like, I get to ask these people questions. Like, 
okay, I don't care that Kim Kardashian's in the green room. Like, <laughs> I really could not care Even less. Even after the Kanye video? Even, oh, my God. We, we'll talk about Bound 2 another time. <laughs> we'll do a whole Bound 2 show. Oh, yeah, that you should devote an entire episode <laughs> to that. Um, but, yeah, so that just... I mean, honestly, that just fueled my passion for it. It's like, these people are so impressive and and it really just like deepened my respect for them and what they do and also my understanding of that world so that I could be better like with each interview I got better because I understood yeah you got to do it yeah like you actually have to you know it's kind of like cooking you actually have to follow a recipe work in the kitchen it's really? repetition ends up making it better but you mentioned serious eats yeah and it's not in passing I mean it was such a strong community for you and explain what serious eats is and how it's great for someone who's trying to figure out what they want to do in food totally so serious eats is a food blog um they're all about passionate eaters like they're not snobs they love really good food and they love talking about it and why it's good and um so basically I was just a huge Serious Eats fan. I read that blog daily, like compulsively. I would click back to them. And um, after the page program, I had this kind of random uh, temp gig at like, oh my God, it was in the HR department. Yeah, it was in the, I'm not an HR girl. (laughs) But it was like this temp gig. I was like, okay, like, you know, I'll stay in the building. I'll I'll, work my contacts, see the next gig I can get. and so in the meantime, I'm like sitting behind this desk doing these things that do not interest me and um, and just compulsively reading this food blog. Um, and so eventually I reached out to them. I was like, I would love to do anything basically for you guys. Send me places to take photos. Like I'll go anywhere, whatever you need. So um, while I was working like a regular five-day job, nine to five kind of thing, um, I started interning for Series Seats. So at five, when I was done with work uh, at NBC, then I would go down to the Serious Seats offices and hang out with them for a couple hours at the end of every day because they stay until about seven or so. So um, every day got in a couple hours and just you really hit the nail on the head when you said community because they gave me a community of people to really like enjoy talking about food and writing about food and they're so smart over there and they really give a shit you know the that's why they do it because they care and i learned so much from them and and then of course it was an outlet so it wasn't just a community i got to write for them and i got to like you were saying you just have to at some point do it and um they kind of let me do it on a public platform so let's talk about what you done did Done did. Because I remember a piece that you did. I, I too, am uh, a glutenophile, a breadophile, but your bread baskets. Oh, man. uh, It was certainly after my own heart. Uh, And you toured around New York tasting the best bread there was to offer. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about if those are still your favorites and if you found more. Yeah, well, so that was actually one of the one of the beginning pieces I did for Serious Seats. It was a roundup of the best bread baskets in New York. And I went to um, the Farm on Adderley one time, which is one of my favorite restaurants in the city. And they just had the most amazing, amazing focaccia. This one time I went, I was like, hmm, this is the best focaccia I've ever had given to me before a meal. Where else? Do they give you this like amazing 
bread and for any bread lover it's like i get this amazing bread before i even (laughs) eat my meal this is great so i like pitched this idea to the series eats crowd and this is what i mean where it's the community they loved it they were like oh my god yes they were like oh man have you ever had the bread basket at del posto oh you have to go you have to check that out (laughs) and then they have this network through the through the interwebs in which you know they will like pose the question to the greater community on the internet and like hey new yorkers hey people who visited new york what kind of bread basket do you like here you know our our chick katie quinn is gonna go like eat them and and whittle down the best so it was like this uh it was really a combination of like everyone pitching in and then of course i got to be the one to go (laughs) around and uh narrow down the best yeah so it was actually i think Obviously, it was delicious, and um, I would say that many of those bread basket choices still stand. I mean, blue ri- blue ribbon, commerce, um, yeah. So those things are just all good and still around. Um, but really, it was like the first time I was like, "Wow, these people!" I brought up this idea I thought was so random, and it was kind of random. It hadn't been done, but they all had an opinion. Yeah, and then we reached out, and a whole bunch of other people came in with well, their like opinion. You know, it went from having that community to crowdsourcing. Yeah. So, I mean, and you being the surrogate either right. for that crowdsourced right. material. It's a tough job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if only I could be a you know, surrogate eater for people's wants and needs. Right. But, you know, using that information and now with now this news, which we'll talk about after the break in, in, in detail, now you're supplying that information. You know, you, in a sense, you are... Not the antithesis to crowdsourcing, but you you kind of are the aggregate for crowds to source from. It's a really interesting role to kind of be in now, you know, be on the other side of it. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I don't think I'd really thought of it like that, to tell you the truth. But yeah, nowadays, I definitely see myself as kind of a conduit through which people can learn about cool things. Well, we're going to take a quick break and find out how you became that conduit. All right. And the impetus of now this news. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We'll be right back. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. Mood? Mood is a quarterly magazine about music and food. For its creators, not many things can beat a good record and a delicious meal. Maybe a well-written story or a gorgeous photo. Well, that's all in Mood. The magazine looks at music and food in a cohesive and unique way, with a keen eye to design and high-quality writing. Its contributors are located around the globe, and the stories span accordingly. 
Check it out today at moodmusicfood.com. That's moodmusicfood.com. Welcome back to the Food Scene on Heritage Radio Network.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Katie Quinn from Now This News. Hey, hey. I wish it was like a Now This News, you know, like <laughs> like in a world, that kind of <laughs> intro to it. Um, there should be. We'll there should wor- be. We'll work on that. Yeah. But what is Now This News? It, it's kind of an amazing uh, thing because it's it's this composite of mobile, social, and concise, conflated information all in one. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, there was when we started the company and still is a void of video news for, specifically for mobile. So like an app um, on, you know, Android and iPhone and everything. That's not just repackaged television goods, you know, like specifically made Every single decision made knowing that you are watching this on your iPhone or on a tablet. So it changes everything the way it goes about it. And then, yeah, for social. So we specifically for Instagram. It's tough to uh, fit everything into 15 yeah. seconds. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, we just did 20 minutes and <sighs> it, it felt like, what, two, three. Right. You know, you sit down for coffee with somebody and it's usually an hour long conversation. So trying to get even 30 minutes in on this show uh, feels like know a crunch yet alone videos that are anywhere from 6 to 15 to 30 seconds yeah i mean what 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 is your min and what is your max so minimum is 6 seconds for vine um we have a really really awesome um social team this girl maya tanaka she does awesome like stop motion and w- and she tells the news in stop motion in 6 seconds on vine it's really really cool um and right now our maximum, we don't go above like 20 seconds, even in the things on our app. It really is meant for people on the go. Like you are looking at your phone, waiting for the bus in the morning. You want to know what's going on. You want to know the news. We got you. And uh, you just got a whole bunch of stories in like a minute's time. Do you watch ESPN? I don't. So ESPN, you know, being the sports media network, it's kind of like that. In the morning, you, you, you see 100 stories in an hour. But then people start watching that same 100 stories over and over again, which I'm sure they do with now this news. But how do you keep things fresh and exciting and, you know, uh, uh, inspirational? You know, it's almost um, it's easier to keep things fresh than it is to not because when you only have 15 seconds you have to cut out anything that's not fresh you can only keep the freshest like the most challenging thing about it is the fact that you only have so many words so like i'll write a script that i think is pretty damn good i'll time it and it's 30 seconds and so i have to cut it in half so what i end up doing is cutting all of the meh stuff like i have to it has to be the freshest because that is literally all that will fit in 15 seconds. So, and it's topical. I mean, and, and you have these themes. So let's let's go over the themes, and I may quiz you. Oh, uh-oh. like uh, uh, so, sugar porn. Yeah. Eat this food brain tidbit, 15 second recipe, how to. So, how to cut a mango, and give it to me in 10, 10 seconds. Okay, so you have to cut it down horizontally along the seed. Take a glass. 
put it up against the uh, peel, between the peel and the flesh. Just dig. Bam, you got it. And then slice horizontally, slice vertically. There's your chopped mango. Okay, so I was giving you a couple extra set- seconds for editing afterwards, but you know, I mean, you, you did it. It, it, it. It's it feels like a rush, you know, okay. trying to get that thing in there to sugar porn, the apple galette at Balthazar. How do you describe that in 15 seconds? Um, well, luckily there is. I have a really awesome uh, shooter. His name's Phil Nolan, and um, he makes things look so beautiful um that i feel like and that's the beauty of instagram right is it's like it's a visual medium it's like it started with just beautiful pictures so if we can just do beautiful moving pictures then i think that's half the battle so then the words that i say they don't have to fully describe it i mean honestly i wonder you know we have over seven thousand followers now on our on our instagram account and i wonder how many of them just watch the video without the sound on and how many of them watch it with sound. And I think that's the biggest differentiation between our, like, so the, the now this food account is basically like my little food baby. So like every day there's a new Katie's Eatstagram out. And those are the different series that you just named every day. We come out, we, with a, with a new video that falls under one of those series. Um, and it's just beautiful food things. And it's kind of educational if you want to learn or you can just watch it and and it's just like beautiful food porn. But then the Now This News account, um, which is like my, my larger company, um, I think that then it's more because it is news because uh, you really want to know what Hamid Karzai is saying about this like deal that they're talking about with the U.S. So... Um, that's where it comes that's where it's a little different in terms of scripting because the food stuff is like yeah but at the same time it's an entry point you know and we were talking about leads at the beginning of this episode and most people you know look at a picture or read not even the first paragraph first sentence and know whether or not they're interested i wonder how often people watch your videos and aren't interested because i'd beg to not beg to differ um i I'd put money on the fact that like at least 95% of people are subscribed to now this news because they love everything on there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the way things are packaged and presented and you know, there's not that big investment in any single thing, but there's a big investment in how news is delivered as a whole. Yeah, you're right. That's ap- That's absolutely the, where, where the effort is. Let's do a tidbit. Okay. Thanksgiving Latin themed. Yeah. Talk to me about that. All right. So, you know, I wanted to do something with Thanksgiving, but I wanted to do something fun and that not everyone else is doing. You know, I have so many food blogs and sites that I love and follow. Um, you know, Siri Seats, one of them. Food 52 is another. I just can't get enough of. Smitten Kitchen, Joy the Baker. I mean, the list goes on. And I love what all of them are doing. But I wanted to do something totally different because I think that that's what my viewers want to see. And I'm a total goofball. So I like to kind of lean in the goofball direction. So the Latin themed turkey is basically how to season a turkey uh, with some Latin flavoring in there. So, uh, you know, throw in that cilantro, we got a little chorizo in there. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, kind of a fun take on the classic. You, you aren't Latin, are you? <laughs> do i, <laughs> I <don't>. win yeah. <laughs> no but that doesn't mean i don't love 
some Latin food. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, lately you were telling me your grandmother's been sending you these old antiquarian cookbooks from whatever reliquary she has. Yeah, it's become this awesome thing between us. And yeah. I don't know how it happened, but I'm so glad it has. Are they are they cultural? Do they have anything to do with your heritage or are they just random? They they're pretty random, but like the most recent one she sent me is um my great aunt Kay uh went to Oberlin College and um she sent me the Oberlin College cookbook. It was like, I guess, given to all students. Uh, I don't know if they could cook in their dorms or not. But anyways, the Oberlin College cookbook. And um, yeah, it's so great because she'll go through the cookbook before she sends it to me. And in her letter, she'll point out certain recipes that caught her eye. She'll be like... Oh, check out page 57, homemade cottage cheese. Bet you never made cottage cheese, did you? <laughs> oh, it's really great. You should try it. And then other things where she's like, this looks silly, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, you know, grandma comments. It's amazing. So ha- have you tried cottage cheese? Do you, do you consider these a dare or taunt from her? They're totally a dare. <laughs> and I'm totally game on. I have not made the cottage cheese yet, though. It's on my list. Maybe it'll be on my next Instagram. Please. Yes. Well, I'm going to keep watching for sure because I also love these 15-second recipes. Um, Talk about, like, making something concise. But it also makes someone wonder whether or not they want to go through the process. You know, sometimes you see these two-hour long recipes where it's – or three-day-long processes. At least you get it all compactly right there and you can make your decision at the beginning and end of that thing. What are some of your favorites? I'm glad you said that too uh, because I love to cook. I really do, but I'm a home cook. I didn't go to culinary school. So this is just something that I love to do. So for these 15-second recipes... Um, we shoot in my kitchen in Brooklyn. And I mean, we have a really dope studio at our Soho, at the Now This News Soho um, location. But, you know, obviously I need an oven and a stovetop sometimes. So we shoot in my little Brooklyn kitchen. And I think it really is like, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. And so that's a part of this series for me is like, I love this. You will love it too. It's pretty easy. Just give it a try, guys. So you asked what one of my favorites are. And um, I think it was actually just last week's 15-second recipe. Um, It was the butternut squash and roasted butternut squash and red onion. Drizzle it with some tahini and sprinkle it with za'atar. And it is so good. And like every single dinner party I throw, it's on there because it's just amazing. Like it's just so delicious and it is literally the easiest thing you will ever do. So... As a VJ, and you're concepting and creating recipes, ideas, you also get to pick the food brains. Mm-hmm. I, I also love that theme, <laughs> yeah. uh, that topic um, of other great chefs. Talk to me about who you've met, but how it's changed, how you used to interview then and how you have to interview now since you're in this time constraint. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. First of all, this is like really one of my very favorite things of my job. I love to interview people. I think I'm just such a curious human that I like having the excuse to ask people these questions. I should just that let I'm you thinking. do this show. No. I should just brought in another guest <laughs> and let Katie do it. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like recently I went out to LA and interviewed Roy Choi, who is such a baller guy. You know, he's like started the food truck trend. He just came out with this book, LA Sun. So he's kind of been around. Actually, it's funny. I heard him on Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Um, 
Terry Gross is like my idol when it comes to interviewing. Agreed, me too. She's amazing. Um, and so it was so great. I was like, ooh, I got to roll a toy before Terry <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, to answer your question about it's so different interviewing someone knowing that it's going to be cut down. So what that's actually done is made me be a better interviewer because I have to think, I have to ask concisely and that usually prompts more concise answers. Um, and as much as I love small talk, I kind of get straight to what I really want to know. I don't lead up to like, oh, your dog is so cute. And uh, now let's get to what we want to talk about. I'm just like, yo, let's cut to the chase. And I actually feel like I feel like it's appreciated. I don't know. You know, chefs are no nonsense people. <laughs> yeah. And they don't have much time. But yeah. I, I like that you, you get down to the business. And, yeah. But I mean, distilling information what what kind of questions do you ask is it kind of like james lipton inside the actor's studio no it's totally different every time and you know one thing i always do before i interview anyone at all is check into their background like do it's so it's a google search away so um i really every person i ask like questions are totally different and just dependent on who they are and how they got to where they are i think people's stories of how they got places is the most interesting thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have my canned questions. What's your favorite guilty pleasure food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've always kind of been off the cuff, and but I work in a chronological matter. You have to have some kind of, you know, uh, I don't know. What's your thing? Yeah. yeah, protocol or workflow or something, even right. though I get off of it all the time. Yeah. And, you know, being on Just Radio, this kind of brings me to this question. Um, you have Instagram. You have Vine. You, you even are on Snapchat. There, there are so many, you know, mobile sites, so many applications, so many outlets. Do you change that information per or is it one for all? We change it. Yeah, we so literally every single platform, um, the content is specifically molded to that platform because we want people who are on Instagram who come across one of our videos for it to feel natural like oh this is native to the platform i'm on so this doesn't stick out this isn't weird um that's kind of the whole that's our whole raison d'etre is like we are creating this specifically for you this is not a television show that has been cut to 15 seconds for instagram this is video for instagram yeah and 50 daily videos throughout the station how many do you do a day Probably I about a third of whatever we end up coming out with. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm totally slacking being here with you. Basically, <laughs> my coworkers are like cursing me in the office like, damn it, Katie. Like, you could just clip this up a little bit and put some funny little stop motion animation to it. Right? I think that's a really great yeah. idea. Maya, are you listening? Stop animation to this, please. Yeah. No, I mean, so again, with all those different platforms, all those different videos, even though you're projecting 15 seconds of yourself at a time, you are a frenetic, frenetic person. Yes, you could say that. Did you ever <laughs> think you were going to be a VJ, you know, in front of the camera, you know, doing these interviews? It's a funny question, Michael. I was a theater minor in school, so I have that kind of flair, I guess. I always have. Jazz hands. Yeah, yeah. jazz hands, hardcore. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing jazz hands in the yeah. studio right now, by the way, everyone. Um so I think that that was, uh, that's always been in me, but I also, once I got to NBC and 
as much as I look up to a lot of, um, you know, the anchors at the network, I didn't, I never wanted to be like traditional sit behind a desk. That was not appealing to me. So I knew that I wanted to do this kind of thing. I, I knew I wanted to do some on camera stuff and do be like, be the interviewer, but I didn't know in what capacity because I knew for sure without a doubt I did not want to go the traditional route. I was not going to go to some small town in Nebraska and work my way up the markets because that just didn't appeal to me. I don't, I didn't care. Um, so the fact that I can do that and tell it in a way that I think is interesting because no one else is telling it that way, um, and then do a lot of food videos <laughs> uh, is super dope, and I feel really happy right now. So, I mean, how are you evolving? I know this is a young uh, news station, a young group, and obviously. Uh there are so many different platforms appearing every day. What are you doing to try to stay ahead of that curve? I mean, just trying to think outside the box and be okay with new ideas. I think that that was, that was one of the most refreshing things about joining a startup that was so different than network living is that every idea is like, well, shit, let's try it. Like, let's jump in because why not? Like, what do we have to lose? I kind of picture it as like at the network is being in a big boat. And that's awesome for all these, like you have all the resources, you have everything you need in that big boat. But when you have an idea and you try to turn the wheel, it takes like 50 turns of the wheel to make the smallest, smallest little turn. Right now we're all like in a kayak together. So we decide to do something. We like, little flip of the wrist with the paddle and we are like boom we are that way so it's just it's just to me more like really fully committing to something um like with these eatstagrams it was like cool katie's gonna do this we want to do this my awesome producer sadie bass was like great new series every day what do we want them to be let's name them and then we just dove in we just dove a hundred percent and i feel like the flexibility to do that is what will hopefully keep us ahead of the trend because we'll just try new things that other places may be afraid to try. Well, I know what you're thankful for. What is that? Now this news. The opportunity. The opportunity. I mean, that's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. Just, again, just doing it, that, 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 that initial step. But You're so right. Yeah. It's, it's been really great you know kind of watching your career and meeting you years ago when you interviewed me and i'm happy to be able to uh, do that onto you and maybe we'll just keep on trading back and i like that forth. so it's I like it's, that. it's not you know a single cycle it's just a yeah. continuous this really does yeah. make me immensely happy I, ju- I just have to say that when i interviewed you what four years ago it was because i loved your stuff i loved your photography Thank and you. it was like Basically, I just want an excuse to interview this person. So, uh, yeah. so it's it is super awesome. That, that that's the secret code amongst all this new media. <laughs> right? We're we're just we're just selfish bastards <laughs> that just want to schmooze with the best. We really are. No, we we want to meet people that are creative and inspire us, and that's hopefully, it. you know, that's what we can both bring to light. But, Katie, thank you again. And if you're not following now, this news, download the app. Get it on your phone. Get it on your mobile device. Uh, follow Now This Food on Instagram. Uh, there is so much information coming out. Yeah, watch out. Katie Quinn's on the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you Thanks, again. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.